I always thought I'd do all right in it, but yeah, I think I've surpassed any expectations I ever had easily. Things were, were totally run down and now it's functioning as part of the facility for the community and the athletes in Mansfield. We've just got a really great group of volunteers that have just got that grunt and determination to kind of plough through the difficult times and support each other and you know ultimately get what they want which, uh, which they've achieved. Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're about to hear from James Williams, an athlete and maths teacher, who in the last couple of years has been a revelation over 400 metres, winning his first British title, that was indoors in 2020, and getting his first GB call-up to the European Indoor Championships in Poland a year later. That's where he won a medal in the relay. And all that is despite only committing to the distance in his late 20s, until fairly recently, the Liverpool Harrier did the short sprints. Also in this episode, a visit to Mansfield Harriers. They've returned home to their Berry Hill Park track after a nine-year absence following eviction, which led to the facility falling into disuse and disrepair. First to James Williams, who was feeling very positive. Why not? Ahead of a forthcoming season, including a home Commonwealth Games, as we'll discuss later, but let's start with his decision to give the 400 metres a go without much expectation. Probably started a good few years ago now. Um, I tried a 300 metre race in Belgium and thought, oh, maybe that last 100 metres might not be too bad. Obviously, famous last words. It gets way harder every metre after 300. I wanted to do a 400 and I started off indoors in 2020 built up through that season and ended up winning the British champs. Then obviously with COVID, I didn't really get a great chance to run outdoors. Um, I had a couple of injuries and I decided to just stick to the 100 and 200 that year. But then obviously, again, last indoor season, picked up the 400 again indoors and then, yeah, obviously went from there. So wanted to go a little bit further for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I think you'd done a few local races like... Uh county championships and stuff over 400 meters so it wasn't as though you were completely new to it but a lot of sprinters will say oh you know 200 meters is enough why do I want to go any further but uh, yeah we were all trying to work out whether it's the same James Williams realize the club was the same it's got to be surely but what yeah what did your your training partners make of this lease of life over 400 so um I'm self-coached I still have my club coach down on my paratime profile because um, he did a lot for me when I was younger. Sort of, yeah, collaborated with a few different groups about five years ago and then eventually just sort of cut away and went on my own with, you know, some training partners. Uh, we sort of helped each other. And now at Liverpool, I have a little group uh, with quite a few up-and-coming athletes. So, yeah, it's quite nice. I've gone from sort of the younger athlete looking up to people to now the the older one who people are supposedly looking up to now I've always had encouragement to to try the longer distance I always thought I'd do all right in it but yeah I think I've surpassed any expectations I ever had easily yeah does being self-coached encourage you to maybe say this is the direction I want to go in and no one's going to tell me otherwise yeah exactly yeah so it goes hand in hand with teaching, really, because the demands of that job 
like I, I need to sort of adjust training at certain times, change my entire week around, you know, for that so I can fit all the sessions in. So it's quite nice. I sort of get to rely on myself and sometimes I get to sort of think, actually, I want a little bit of this this week in training. And obviously I get to decide when I'm racing and when what races I'm going to do and all that kind of thing. So it, it is quite nice. So, But sometimes I do miss like the hard sort of, coach to crack the whip really sometimes when, when motivation dwindles sometimes i do need that but i have a training group so it, it works all right yes well teachers give pupils motivation so <laughs> they're good at passing that on yeah just tell me a little bit more about combining maths teaching with athletics i mean you've christened yourself as a as a mathlete <laughs> on your twitter bio I have to give that um, mathlete nickname, I have to give Ben Ellis some credit for that, um, who was my guru at uni and onwards from there. Um, and he also coined my Twitter handle, J-Dub, as well. So um, I just want to give a shout out to him as well, because he made me into the sort of the trainer I am today, at least, and, and the athlete, I think. So um, I want to give him a, a shout out. But yeah, combining teaching with athletics it is hard, obviously, because both things are very demanding teaching as a job obviously is so emotionally demanding demanding time-wise as well and athletics the same but in the same vein both of them are very sort of structured and regimented so i know i'm going to be in school from say eight o'clock until four o'clock and then i know that means i get a good few hours in the evening to do my training you know, forget about the worries of school. And when I'm in school, I get to forget about the worries of athletics. You know, sometimes things come up like parenting or marking or planning or things like that. So I do need to be flexible. Definitely learn to be more flexible as I've grown older. Not beat myself up as such, but if I missed a session, I'd maybe be a little bit harsh on, my, on myself. Or if I didn't do a session quite as well as I wanted to or didn't fit everything in, I'd be a bit maybe I'd worry a bit more than I do now. And now I'm, I know I'm putting good work in whenever I train in the gym or on the track. So I don't worry as much and just sort of enjoy it more now. It's interesting you say that you put teaching to the back of your mind when you're focusing on athletics. Sometimes said that when running, you can actually get a better thinking space than that you're just sitting at your desk. So it might be there's, there's sometimes gearing up to train. You can think about a lesson plan in, in a different way to which you would do just trying to grind it out at your desk. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, sometimes when I'm training, I do catch myself thinking, oh, I need to catch up with so-and-so about their homework tomorrow. And, you know, you do think about things like that. They just pop into your head. And you're like, you know, you've got a three-minute recovery before another 300, but you're thinking about giving someone a detention for <laughs> homework or something. It's quite, quite funny at times. Yeah, so... We touched on before you winning the, the British title. I remember you said at the time, obviously, this was uh, coming up to two years ago now, one of the last events, I suppose, before COVID really hit us. And we were so innocent back then in not knowing about what was yeah. quite about to hit us. But uh, you said at the time that just making the final of the British champs was huge for you to win your first medal as well at the senior British champs. That was a massive achievement for me to get to the final and then obviously win it was amazing. I always wanted one of those medals ever since I first saw them. It was just sad that that world champs got cancelled. I mean, I obviously didn't get the qualifying time or anything, but it was still a shame. But yeah, to go from that to actually making a team last February or March, you know, winning a medal with the relay lads um, was amazing. And to be around so many 
great athletes in that team was so cool for me, you know, an athletics fan as well. So to be around like Andy Posse, Jody Williams and Christian Malcolm and people like that was was amazing. You wouldn't have known that it was, say, my first time in a team. Everyone sort of treated you like you should be there because as Christian said that in in one of the team meetings, you're not here by chance. You know, everybody who's here deserves to be here. And we all took that mentality on. And it's like a bit romantic, but I do feel a bit like I'm a GB athlete. I do feel like that now. And I've taken that on board into training and and it's sort of justified any work that I've done in the past. And I've thought, actually all this stuff must be good then, or any times that I'm putting in on the track must be good times and you know it's taken that worry away from me because if I've made this GB team I must be a good athlete. Obviously this championship that we talk about in Torun in Poland it was amid Covid restrictions in some Mm. sense that you were taking tests and stuff like that. Was that quite easy to adjust to? Obviously it's probably going to be a, a normal for some time was that easy to put out your mind and try and get on with that it was handled really well and um, by the organizers there and us we were sent packs of pcr tests to do and then send off ourselves which was pretty easy apart from the actual administration of the test which is horrible <laughs> you still can't get used to that but then yeah when we arrived i think we got a test when we were there on the first day a couple of days later and then one before we went home but that was pretty easy I was a little bit worried about that, actually, and how it would affect us, but it it didn't affect anyone at all. We only um, had positive cases when we arrived back home, which meant we had to isolate when when we were home. Luckily, it didn't affect the competition at all for us. But no, it was was pretty easy to get get used to. People were generally being sensible. You know, we couldn't go into local shops and stuff, but we could still go on on walks and, and stuff. And Tehran was a really nice city. Now, it's interesting because obviously in indoor championships, like you won the British one, and I say this because some single lap runners don't run indoors. They prefer not to, the tight bends and stuff like that. Whether you prefer it or whether you have a slight specialism for it. Yeah, I liked indoor running when I was younger, you know, doing the 60s and the 2s because it was warm mainly. (laughs) But I think with the four, what helps me massively, like being new to the event, is the fact that it's broken up so well. So, you know, you've got the first 150 or so in lanes and then you break and then you're already onto the second lap over halfway through before you even think. At that point, I just think of it as like a couple of straights and a bend where I can push, hold and push kind of thing. So for whatever reason, I just got used to it really quickly. I quite like the specialist sort of moniker that I, I seem to have, it's quite nice. It comes with a little bit of gravitas as such. So I feel like, yeah, going into indoor races, I feel really confident and I, I want to take that outdoors as well because, yeah, it just seems like a completely different animal outdoors in the way that it's broken up and that the pacing just changes. I find the tactics of indoor running really interesting and quite nice that you can affect other people's races really um, significantly. If you get in front, you know, you hold all the cards, really. Yeah, and also fewer people in the race as well, sometimes more chance. Yeah, that's true. We'll talk about next year then, what's coming up, 2022. So many selection opportunities, including a home Commonwealth Games as well. So any particular ambitions in mind? 
Yeah, so obviously indoors, there's the World Indoor Champs, which I'd love to qualify for. And then, yeah, outdoors, there's the three major championships. So I don't really have any specific goal, but I would just love to be involved in any team. I haven't made many teams in the past. I've made a few England teams, you know, going abroad to Vienna, Reykjavik, the Welsh International, things like that. And obviously last year were my first two GB bests. It always feels pretty cool to just get a new kit. So any team would, would be great for me. But obviously with the Commonwealth Games being in Birmingham, that would be an amazing atmosphere to be part of. And it's a huge event, isn't it? The Commonwealth Games. I remember growing up watching the Manchester one. Yeah, I just remember thinking I'd love to be part of that someday. So it's nice to even be you know, within the chat of it. But yeah, I think the Commonwealth would hold a special place. Yeah, and nice to have a state-of-the-art facility being built yeah. that be able to make future use of as well. I hope, so. I hope I've still got a few years of running left in me, so I hope I do get to run at that new Birmingham track a few times. The British Champs were held in Manchester for a few years, weren't they? And I, I was really looking forward to that. And it's just a shame that COVID ruined the spectator aspect of that, I think, because I thought that we could fill that up pretty easily and it'd have an amazing atmosphere. Yeah, it's a, it's a decent stadium in Manchester and you're quite right. There's been some good events there, but you'd love to see it, it full. I think there was um, a England Senior Championships that, that you competed at and I was kind of on the, the roof, on the, on the gantry there. And I think it was plus seven metres per second yeah. wind. So you were nearly blown <laughs> off the roof at that point. Yeah, yeah. That's Manchester for you then. There we go. I want to ask you then lastly about the, the kind of battle to get into the GB team. We got uh, some young talents like Ed Folds who came up last year, people who have made big improvements and also good over 200 metres like Alex Haydock-Wilson, Joe Breyer and people who have been around for a few years in GB teams like Lee Thompson, Cameron Chalmers as well. I mean, I could name so many names that could take the season by the scruff of the neck and, and end up being inside a squad. That must be really interesting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, all those names you mentioned, like you say, are incredible athletes and like you said, they're taking a season by the scruff of the neck. I think someone like Alex Haydock-Wilson did that last year after his sort of disappointment at the trials. He made huge improvements and it was sadly a, a little bit too late for him, but hopefully he can keep that going. Ed Folds and Charlie Carvel, the two young lads, great to see them two running really well, making the um, Euros final last year and obviously Ed won the whole thing. So that was great to see. So I think... The men's 4 by 4 team maybe got a little bit of stick last year at the Olympics. But I think it's in good hands going forward. I think a lot of people really kicked it on. A lot of people are a lot younger than you realise. I, I always forget, and it's a testament to them, how young, say, like Joe Breyer is or um, Alex Haydock-Wilson and even, like, say, Kevin Metzger. They're coming through really well. And then, like you say, you've got your Lees, your Camerons, Owen Smith. Nick Baker, people like that, who are really good athletes. And then you've got myself at the sort of older end who's trying to still knock on the door. And I always think I can put a decent leg in on a relay. It's nice thinking that even if certain people don't run well, we're still going to have a good bunch of lads who will run well and eventually will kick it on. And I know we're not currently blessed with the likes of our Roger Blacks or you and Thomas's, but, you know, given a little bit of nurture, some of those lads can definitely kick on into the low 45s and then 
why not below? Maybe it's a bit of a mental block at the moment, just needs one person, I think, to do it and everyone will follow suit. Like like what happened with running sub 46 last year, I think one person did it. I can't remember who was first. And then a lot of people just followed suit. I think you've done a, yourself a bit of a disservice by saying you're one of the older ones. I've always thought that since they extended the rail card to being 26 <laughs> to uh, 30, which is also my age, that that still counts as a as a young person. Besides, yeah. you've got you've got the maths brain as well. So yeah, whatever the numbers are, you know, if you can do the numbers inside your head, then you're, you're probably at a, a bit of an advantage. Hopefully, a great year next year. And uh, thanks very much for chatting. Yeah, thanks, Alex. Thanks for having me. James Williams, who's improved his PB from mid 48 seconds to 46.5 across the last two seasons. You don't need to be a maths teacher to work out that's about a second a season. Now, another interested party in the Commonwealth Games is Mansfield Harriers. They're delighted to be back at their Berry Hill Park track, which had fallen into disrepair. They reached out to England Athletics to get backing as part of our club support fund and advice on how to get further funding. In total, £120,000 of investment has helped restore the venue and bring an air of excitement for what's to come, as our CEO Chris Jones has been finding out. Hi everyone, it's Chris Jones here from England Athletics. I'm here at the home of Mansfield Harriers and AC, Berry Hill Park, in the commentary box. Reinvigorated, fantastic track and field facility. The Harriers are home, 101 years young, and I'm here with the driving force of nature here at the club, Pat Carlin. And I'm also here with Heidi Bradley, our club support manager for the region. Pat, you must be extraordinarily proud to be back here at the club after everything that you've been through. Uh, Yes, I certainly am, Chris, and uh, thank you very much for that build-up. So, yes, we're very proud of what we've achieved. This was almost a, a derelict site. Things were, were totally run down. Uh, and now it, it, it's functioning as part of the facility for the community and the athletes in Mansfield. And Heidi, you must be particularly proud as the local club support manager. You've known what this club has gone through over the last decade or so. And to be back at home must give you a lot of pleasure. Yeah, definitely. Just pulling into the car park and being able to see the, the shiny track, especially when the floodlight's showing as well. It's just fantastic. And there's been some brilliant volunteers I've been working with over the last couple of years that have put all the, the work in to get to where they are now. It's just a fantastic place to be. Tell us a bit more about how you got to this stage. We've been in the wilderness for years now, having uh, left the track in, in 2012. So it's always been an ambition to get back up here. To do that, we've had to negotiate with various governing bodies and the local authority here. So it's not been easy. Our negotiations probably went on for 18 months plus to get there. And then we had to try and seek grants and write begging letters, if you like, to to people in the hope that we could get the place refurbished. Absolutely everything needed doing from the track repairing and cleaning to having some flood lighting and some proper changing facilities. So it's been a long haul, but it's definitely been worthwhile that we've we've had people who stuck with it and and dug in and got the job done. So, yeah, we're immensely proud of where we are. And a number of our listeners will have uh, competed here, whether that be in track and field competitions or, of course, 
maybe in the national cross-country relays that you hosted again. The relays has been here since 1989. That speaks volumes of the organisation and the, and the quality of the cross-country course and the facilities here that people keep coming back year after year. Three and a half thousand athletes competing. So it's quite a spectacle in itself. Uh, and to see all the club tents with the sail flags, which uh, reminds me fondly of uh, looking at Glastonbury or somewhere like that. But it's, it's an excellent uh, event. And this winter we've got quite a few booked in, including county championships and area championships. And, and then after that, we'll be looking forward to uh, track and field competition. So it'll be uh, the first time in literally in years that any track and field competition has been held at Burial Park. So, uh, yeah, we're really looking forward to that. And I'm sure the athletes, officials, coaches, team managers are all delighted that we're, we're back in this situation and looking forward to, to next year, 2022, which, of course, is the time in which our home Commonwealth Games will be hosted in the Midlands, in Birmingham, of course. So maybe an opportunity for the club in the community to, to go from strength to strength again? Yeah, that, that will be an opportunity. And I've, I've, I've spoken with the town's mayor and uh, Mansfield District Council to look at what Mansfield can put on in conjunction with the, the Commonwealth Games. So there's no reason why that excitement of, of the Commonwealth Games shouldn't spread further than, than Birmingham. And in terms of the last 18 months, of course, it's affected everyone adversely. It seems amazing to think that one of the last events I went to was your centenary anniversary dinner. It was. And that was yeah. in March, wasn't it, 2020? And of course, only a week or so later, we all went into lockdown. Uh, how did the club cope during that time? I think like... Um... Any other club was quite bewildered as to what was happening at that time and uh, not knowing what we could do to continue our sport. A lot of people continued to just train with no competition, but there were people, we did lose people to the sport, who probably got demotivated because they were probably asking themselves, what am I training for if there's no competition? So... Yeah, we, we did lose some key people, but we've got new people back and, and there'll be people who, who took up athletics or, or running specifically as a way of uh, boosting their health and fitness during the lockdown, which was at the forefront of everyone's mind that we've got to look after ourselves. And maybe those people that we lost will come back at some point. I'm confident that things will improve, I think, Sort of next year, 2022, we'll, we'll see the whole world settle down a little bit and, and COVID may be a thing we've got to live with, which I'm sure it will be. And we'll, we'll all feel a bit more confident in, in doing the things that we used to do. I think people are, are maybe a bit apprehensive at this time and, we've, and the sport's not fully got back to where it was. But I do feel that things will come round again and will enjoy our uh, time in the sunshine once more. We will welcome anyone of any ability, and I'm sure most clubs will. Our sport is about enjoyment. I know we have a serious side, and competition is fierce, and, and rivalry is fierce, which is great, 
But it, it, we do it because we enjoy it and, and get satisfaction from it. And so, Heidi, what makes Mansfield Harriers so successful in terms of what they've achieved here back at Berry Hill Park that other listeners can learn from? When I first started working with them, they just they had that ability to just look inward and think about what changes they needed to make. So part of the progress was that they've um, worked towards becoming charity status to protect the, the volunteers within the club and also be able to, to take on coming back to the track as well. So they've really put the work in to look at the, the club in itself, what that needs to look like. They've supported each other really well. They've come and asked for help and they've got the ex- expertise, knowledge from outside of the club when they've needed to. Underneath all that, you've just got a really great group of volunteers that have just got that grunt and determination to kind of plough through the difficult times and support each other and, and you know, ultimately get what they want, which um, which they've achieved. And that's just been fun. It's been fantastic to work with them over the past 18 months and now moving forward, looking to bring more competition in and support the volunteers and the coaching team. And final word to you, Pat, in terms of future uh, challenges, opportunities for the next 12, 18 months, what are they really? Okay. Um, achievable goals, of course one of which is to increase our membership, which we're doing to increase usage of the facility so the local community can use it. It's not just for Mansfield areas, Mm -hmm. but we also want to uh, raise the profile of our venue, putting on events. And this is a place that's going to be here for years to come now. And we want people to come here. We want other people to enjoy it as well as us. Well, thanks to Chris, Pat and Heidi for bringing us that feature from Mansfield Harriers talking about returning home to Berry Hill Park after nine years. There's more detail on the England Athletics website about the club support fund and other help that's available. It's englandathletics.org. Hope you all have a good break, new year, and look out for more content as we continue what we're calling the journey to 2022 to celebrate our sports.